Welcome to Cincy Reformed. I'm Pastor Brandon, joined with Pastor Zach. We are co-pastors at Westside Reformed Church, a URC congregation in Cincinnati, Ohio. And today we wanted to talk about being a pilgrim. Uh, you know, one of my favorite books outside the Bible is The Pilgrim's Progress. And so, uh, just love that book. Love that um, biblical motif that is so beautifully expressed uh, in that book. And today we wanted to speak, you know, autobiographically um, about how the pilgrim motif in Scripture has shaped our Christian life, has shaped our ministries, and, um, you know, just kind of beginning with, with Scripture, the Bible presents us as pilgrims, as sojourners. We see all the way back in the days of the patriarchs, for example, um, Abraham, he was a sojourner. Uh, we see um, Israel in, in, in various ways being a kind of sojourning people uh, prior to uh, the temple being built. And the way in which we see them in exile, and then the way in which uh, the New Testament authors speak about the church, and they call the church pilgrims, exiles, sojourners. Uh, it's in the, the book of Hebrews, it speaks about the church as a wilderness people, and, uh, and, and it even uses the example of the patriarchs that were seeking a better home, a better city, a heavenly home. Uh, they did not call, call this city or this uh, earth our home, but they were looking for something better. And uh, the way in which Paul speaks to the church and says, your citizenship is in heaven. And so the whole, I mean, just the, the whole biblical motif is speaking to a people where we are not yet home in, in the ultimate and, and final sense. Uh, we, are, we are passing through. And it doesn't mean that we're, we are to be you know, so detached that we become you know, Amish in a way. We are engaged pilgrims, but we are pilgrims nevertheless. And as pilgrims, that shapes our identity. You know, if you ever traveled to a different uh, country, for example, you, know, you probably didn't say, well, I'm home. And you, know, you understood yourself as being in a foreign country. You understood yourself that you were not a citizen of the place in which you were traveling. And that's kind of how the Bible wants us to picture ourselves in, in terms of our citizenship is in heaven. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, and we are passing through um, this world, and we are, are not yet home. Uh, but so, Zach, maybe just speaking personally, how has that biblical motif really maybe shaped your view of things? Well, I, I think that's definitely shaped a lot of my expectations for my Christian life. I think that I come from a background where once I was converted in college, there was a sort of a victorious Christian living kind of strand to it, where you kind of were taught, maybe not explicitly, but by implication, that you you would no longer, if you're a real Christian, struggle with certain sins. And, that if you're a real Christian, that you would have this experience of Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 6, and that that would be normal Christian living, and that you should be hearing the audible voice of God, and you should, like, all these kinds of things that were, you know, signs and wonders and miraculous, and 
I th so I think that the the pilgrim motif has really helped me to be um, you know content with what uh, help me understand what where God has placed us and then be content with that because you know we are still um, exiles we're we were exiled from the garden and we're waiting for our entrance into glory in the future and that the fact that we're outside that holy of holies and the we walk by faith not by sight i think it helps to place our experience of the christian life as being not those who are you know with isaiah and isaiah 6 or with you know moses going into the tent of meeting but rather we're those who are receiving christ in a mediated way by word and sacrament rather than by the immediate vision of God in Christ. And that affects our view of Christian experience. And so the euphoria, the, you know, the ad adrenaline rush that you oftentimes will have within modern Christian worship services that have been given over to, I think, a, a view of themselves that is, you know, uh, much more priestly of entering into the Holy of Holies uh, directly um, vi visually and experientially, that that's just not appropriate. And I think that that helps us to place what Christian worship should look like and feel like. It might still be, it should be very joyful. It should be very exciting still because we are in the Holy of Holies, but we're there by faith, not by sight. And so I think that those, those things I think have helped restructure my expectation of, yeah, worship, my own personal struggles and holiness and struggles with sin and um, yeah, how I you know view uh, kind of cultural engagement too. But maybe you like to speak about cultural engagement yourself a little bit, or how this kind of affects that. Sure. Yeah. Also speaking, you know, autobiographically in yeah. terms of you know uh, the Pilgrim motif. I was so I was in college when I first read the Pilgrim's Progress, and you know I will admit that that was probably the catalyst that got me thinking more about what the Bible says about a pilgrim. And, you know, obviously I don't think it's a perfect book and there's people who have critiqued, you know, parts of the book or the way in which things were explained or the order in which uh, Christian was saved. And, and there, you know, there's debates about it. But in terms of kind of the, the, the general uh, gist of the book and how it reflects some of the Bible's um, uh, teaching on it, I, uh, you know, one, a couple of things that, that it did for me was one, it teaches you not to find things in the world ultimate, like in terms of ultimate things, because we can get so overwhelmed by um, pleasures in the world where we, you know, we just want to be here, um, where, um, you know, we, we fear death so much because this is home and I don't want to leave home. And the, but if you're a pilgrim and you understand that, you know, death is the entrance to home, entrance to where your citizenship lies, then you, your grip on the world begins to, to weaken a bit, uh, to where you are not so tied down to the, the things of the world. Um, not that you don't like them anymore, but that you see them for what they really are. You see the greater purpose, the ends to which uh, they ought to point you. 
And also, it shows you that you're not just walking aimlessly, because I do feel like sometimes we, you know, have this idea, we just kind of imbibe this idea of like, you know, I'm just kind of like walking in circles with my head cut off. Whereas when you have a pilgrim view, like what are you doing on a pilgrimage? Like you're walking somewhere, you have a destination that you're going, there's a goal, there's, you know, and so it, it gives you a purpose of striving for that goal that you're walking toward. And you're not just kind of aimlessly waking up and going to bed and waking up and you don't know what's happening. Even if it can feel that way, um, there's a purpose to changing diapers and there's a purpose to going to school and whatever it is. Uh, so I think that, uh, yeah, two big things that the pilgrim motif did for me was weakening kind of the, the enticements of the world and showing me that there is a goal, but also showing me that, you know, some of the struggles in this life, even culturally, are not ultimate things. And, you know, years ago when I was younger, I was, you know, kind of really heavy into politics. And uh, it's so easy, you know, politics is, it's important. And I, I would never say get out of politics or don't think about that. No, it's important to think and vote and do all these things. That's great. Uh, but it is a world that's, you, it's easy to get sucked into. It's easy to get sucked into the world where you become just almost undone when you know you have a political failure or your guy doesn't make it or uh, they make a weird law or something. But when you understand, like, well, I'm, I'm a, well, not only the sovereignty of God, right? God is sovereign over kings, but you are, you know, you are a pilgrim in this world. Uh, it, I think it keeps you from this vision of I don't know this almost like glory vision, like we're going to almost dwell in the new heavens and new earth before the new heavens and new earth are here. Like we're not making America into heaven. Uh, we are passing through to the new heavens and the new earth. And, uh, you know, we understand that things can get pretty dicey in terms of um, the, the wilderness wandering that we are undertaking, uh, even as we can, you know, be very appreciative of the country in which we were born, we can be appreciative of the freedoms and the laws, the history, some of the cultural things. You know, there's so many things that we can um, be be thankful for, and um, but at the same time, those are not ultimate things to where we should become undone as as we meet with trials and persecutions and tribulations and uh, and these things. And and even as you know, as uh, you think about. The book of Revelation, for example, and you see how the church is sometimes victorious as they die, as they're persecuted, as they suffer well. And, and you know, it kind of uh, shows you that this pilgrim life is not one in which it's always, you know, pie in the sky, but it's one in which um, there, you're, you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death at times. And uh, we should do that fearing no evil, for God is with us, right? And in terms of like engagement, you know, I like to, you know, as Paul talked about, you know, how you know, it's good to, to, you know, be the aroma of Christ, to where we are Christ-like in, in things that we do, where we can make things better, uh, or try to anyway. Uh, but it's, it's really just living faithfully. And, and I think that, you know, uh, as I think about the, the pilgrim life, it's a life that is lived faithfully, uh, obviously not perfectly or anything like that, but faithfully in terms of uh, we belong to Christ and we are going to walk this pilgrim path and every day will be a day of repentance, a day of faith, 
Every day will be a day of, of realizing the goal and, and our final hope. And it'll be a day, um, you know, each and every day we can, we can try to, to do the best that we can do, knowing that as we're walking this, we want others to join us. So, you know, that's a call to evangelism. I want other pilgrims with me. I want other pilgrims on this journey with me. And uh, you want to help the environment that you're, that you're in, in terms of, of, of uh, being, being Christ-like. You want to help the environment as you're, as you're pilgriming. Uh, you want to invite people in and, 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 and speak the gospel to people and show people love and show people um, courtesy. And you know, as you go to work and you're showing forth the, the light of Christ, as a pilgrim, um, hoping that people will see your good works and glorify God in heaven. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, those are some things I'd say. Anything else you'd follow up with that? Or No, I think those are very helpful. I think that we've had, you know, people in our congregation who've, I think, been, you know, coming from backgrounds where they, you know, you're pointing out that just the, the way that you can get so into partisan politics that you um, can just get wrapped up in those things too too much. And I think we've had uh, folks who've come to us with, with those struggles and trials. I'm sure that people in our church would say they still struggle with that and <laughs> it's still a trial to make those things um, penultimate instead of uh, ultimate. But I, I do think that, that that pilgrim motif really helps in that way so as we don't, like you said, avoid culture as somebody who's a retreatist or someone who's Amish, but rather we're called to the betterment of a city in which we find ourselves and to um, seek its betterment and its blessing because we find our blessing in that then in terms of temporal uh, blessing and betterment, even as Israel did in Babylon. And I think that, uh, but we ought not to become completely disillusioned and Surprise when things turn against us, or to um, imagine that we're somehow losing the new creation or losing the battle uh, when the cultural tide turns against us, because the cultural tide turned against Jesus as well, and we're joined to him. And so to become disillusioned and I mean, some people even leave the faith over these kinds of things. I think that that's extremely unfortunate because as Hebrews speaks about the city whose designer and builder is God in chapter 11, that it's one that cannot be shaken. Uh, We come to that in chapter 12, that that kingdom that cannot be shaken, which says something about the kingdoms of this earth. They can be and they will be. And they will be finally shaken on that last day when Christ returns. And so I think that you know, seeking that um, has been the, you know, the betterment without feeling like this is the exact same thing as the new creation is, I, I think, uh, a helpful, you know, helpful balance of that pilgrim motif really conveys uh, to us and I've seen it to our to our people as well. Yeah, you know the pilgrim motif. You're you know you're hopeful that um, 
that uh, you know your engagement and your witnessing and your shining the light will bless uh, the realm. But you're focused on being a, a faithful disciple, witness of Christ, and that could also lead to persecution. Whereas you know Christ said in, in Revelation two, uh, "Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life." You know he was speaking to a church that was being faithful, and they were dying over that. And so you know as as we face um, you know, as we face death, that's not a, um, you know, it doesn't mean we failed, or be, because we're persecuted doesn't mean we failed. And in the book of Revelation, that's the way the church is oftentimes victorious. And so the, the pilgrim is, is hopeful that it doesn't go that way. We, we, we don't want persecution to come and martyrdom to come. But at the same time, we realize that faithfulness to Christ might bring persecution. Um, and that can happen, even, even as we pray, that it would actually... Um, bring blessing um, instead but yeah. well thank you for uh, joining us for this week's episode of the Sensory Reform Podcast please uh, give us a five star review or four stars or however many stars there are give us all of them please and uh, check us out subscribe for other episodes we uh, also invite you to come join our church check us out on a Sunday morning at uh, uh, westsidereformed.org you can find all those, inf- all those uh, details But uh, until next week, uh, Pastor Zach, Pastor Brandon for the Sincere Reform Podcast, and thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.